Welcome to Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you'll listen in to each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 28, I'm talking to Jennifer DeGenero with Nourished Energy. When there is so much diet culture swirling around us, especially this time of year, Jen feels like the perfect oasis. She speaks to how connection, relationships, and healing are so needed. Not necessarily the next diet or new way of eating. And one of the favorite things she said to me during our conversation was, let's get out of the edges. I just love that. If we can move away from the edges, the extremes, and listen to each other, that's where the healing will happen. Jen talks about various therapies and modalities she uses, but if you ask me, she mostly uses her ability to hold space for people, literal and emotional space. She listens. She sees people. You'll hear it in her voice, I'm telling you. Jen has an online checklist called the Holistic Nourishment Assessment. She has developed this for free right on her website. Not only is this a great tool for you to use, I think it kind of scratches that new year, new you itch to make lists and goals and vision boards. I've done the same thing myself, so I totally get it. So you can print off this checklist, fill it out, and you're doing something for you that will support you and not give you those kind of shame and negative feelings. I encourage you to listen to this episode with a fully open mind and heart. I would encourage that with every episode, but I think most of us hold particularly tightly to ideas about our own body size, other people's body sizes, what health means, what wellness means, and maybe there is a room in there for a shift in perspective. Maybe there's a need for shift in that perspective. So many of us walk around with trauma related to our bodies, and I love how Jen speaks to that accumulation of trauma and how that affects us. Jen talks about many resources during our conversation, both online, books, and speakers. They are all linked in the show notes. I also linked to Jen's Facebook page and Instagram. You'll want to watch Nourished Therapy, and maybe Jen really speaks to you and you want to connect with her for therapy. I feel like we are so lucky to have Jen right here in the Grand Rapids area. So if you're local, totally take advantage of her wisdom and her gift. This episode is a little heavy on the dog barking. The eight-year-old boy, eight-year-old, they're all, they're nine or 10-year-old boy um, chatter in the background. You may even be able to hear my daughter's flute practice from time to time, but this, people, is real life. And we recorded, just an FYI, before Christmas, so we go back in time a little bit when we actually had some snow. We also mention um, a couple of inflatable dachshunds that are wearing Christmas sweaters that reside in our lawn around holiday time. 
Sadly, those have been boxed up for the season, but I'll try to give everyone a heads up next year so you can view them. All right, are you ready with open minds and open hearts? Here is my conversation with Jennifer DeGennaro. So Jen, I'm so glad you're here on Taking the Middle Seat. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here too. It's just so nice. A little Friday to Mm -hmm. be all cozy because it's snowing. It's apparently winter now forever. It It just started and it's where we are. It's where we are. I don't know if you caught, but we have inflatable. I don't think they're on yet this morning. We have inflatable dog um, dogs in Christmas sweaters in our no, lawn. I, didn't see them. I should have turned them on before you got here. I'll check when I leave. Yeah, I'll, we can turn them on. It'll be exciting. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> that signals Christmas around our house. So, anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast. I am thrilled you're here. I have followed you for a little while, so I know just like one teensy bit about what you do, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to know more. So, tell me a little bit about like just a little short bio, who you are, what you do, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Um, Well, I am a licensed psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. and I practice here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You have a very cool location for your office, I I think, right? I love it. I'm in East Town. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Right there. Great restaurants and coffee places. Are you right above Tara? No. For, like, local people? um, just down the street from Tara. Okay. You know, um, across the street from the Funky Buddha. It's a hot yeah. yoga place. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's a two-story small building filled with wellness professionals, actually. Very cool. It's a great building. Yeah. Several um, counseling practices are in there. And okay. I'm in there, too. Cool. And I'm a solo practitioner. Um, I own my own um, business, and it's called Nourished Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, holistic Psychotherapy and Couples Counseling. And... Um, it's just me, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's love kind of being my dream. your own gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, you know, the really personalized um, way that I, I work with people. You know, I I would rarely take a new client or couple without a consult call, mm-hmm. um, and that's complimentary, so that we can really find out if we're a good fit. And mm-hmm. then um, if we are, you know, I'm the one that does the scheduling. I'm the one that does everything. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so it's real mm-hmm. personalized, and it feels, you know, to me, that's the way I wanted it. You know, yeah. you no, know, you don't have to go through an answering service and a billing service, and a, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's me, and um, mm-hmm. it feels good. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not the right fit, like I love being in the Grand Rapids community and connected to all the wonderful resources we have here. I mean, we're a growing city, yeah. and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also um, a certified intuitive eating counselor and a certified body trust provider. And so I'm on national directories for both of those certifications. Okay. Um, so I will get um, people who find me through those certifications um, who aren't local. Uh-huh. And on occasion, I will do some, like, virtual consulting and mentoring. Uh-huh. Um, but that's not the bulk of my work. Mm-hmm. And then I'm connected to people all over the country who have those specializations because of my training. Um, and so I get people, you know, contact me from California. And then that's yeah. just super fun because then I connect them to my friend who's in Portland or my friend who's yeah. in, you know, Philadelphia or who, or wherever. So um, yeah. I like being grounded in the Grand Rapids community on one hand. But then I also feel like I'm in a a bigger community mm-hmm. um, with the work that I do, which is is in some ways very specialized. Yeah. So I see general mental health challenges. I work a lot with trauma, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. But then I, I have a specialty in working with specifically binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. 
But then also chronic dieting, yo-yo dieting, Mm -hmm. body image concerns Mm -hmm. that don't always fall into like, oh, maybe, you know, you don't have a quote unquote mental disorder, but you are struggling in your life. Yeah. Um, And you hit a a wall there. Maybe you're like, I cannot do one more diet. Yeah. But the thought of not doing a diet or wellness plan scares me. Yeah. And then that's like right that sweet spot where I'm like... That is, is I love, those are the clients that I'm like, I have so much to bring to the table, and that's where a lot of mm-hmm. my specialized training is. In, mm-hmm. so. I love that, and I think this has only recently, and I'm a social worker, and this has only recently kind of come on my radar that people um, have this kind of specialized training, like intuitive eating training and all of those, mm-hmm. the things that you mentioned, and I just think, oh my gosh, it's the need for this has to be just bananas. Because, I mean, like, mm-hmm. kind of every woman walking mm-hmm. the earth, and lots of men, too, don't get me wrong, but, That's like, true. I just feel like the need for you has to be just astronomical. Do you have just, like, mm-hmm. constant mm-hmm. people calling mm-hmm. you a wait list, that kind of thing? Or yeah. what is your sense of, like, where um, that's at with the growth that's, of that Well, need? that's really a good question. So... And I'll just give you a little bit of my history. Mm-hmm. So I actually started Nourished Energy in 2015. Okay. Um... And I was not, I did not have my license to, you know, practice psychotherapy. I heard you say that on a different podcast. And I was like, she is like a total badass. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, when you know, and you know, I'm 42 now, but like in my mid 30s, some things happened in my life that made me go, I mean, it was just these wake up calls. Yeah. My body was talking to me, you know, my heart was talking to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. things have got to change up mm-hmm. in here and mm-hmm. I had a, like a personal revolution yeah which you know sent me to graduate school to clean you know career change um tons of my own just healing work yeah. and um so once I you know knew in my heart um you know like it's so interesting like my intuitive eating journey was like I started it before I even knew intuitive eating existed yeah but I was like I can't live the way I was living which was just immersed in diet culture, always doing the next thing, you know, worried about my health, thinking it's not a diet, it's for health. I mean, it's just very convoluted. Um, But so once I found intuitive eating, I found the book and it was like, oh my gosh, when I read that book, it was just like every page I was like, yes, 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 yes. And is there like a book that says, yes, okay. I mean, it's a great, yeah, it was actually published in the mid nineties, the first edition. It's, It's on, I think, second or third edition now but um you know and it's just chocked full of research okay and I think of myself as this person who is has this weird paradoxical way about me like I love science Mm -hmm. I love research Uh I like you know the scientific method and then I love reading research which is so you know but I'm also this very like I'm also certified in Reiki and you know I used to do body work and I have this really spiritual like um, who cares about evidence-based? I yeah. care about heart-based. Yes. Like, yeah. let's all just be together and heal. Yes. Um, Trump circle. Yes. 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 I mean, for real. Yes. So, yes, I don't mean to make light no, of Trump I know. circles. Sorry, drum circle people. <laughs> uh, but, so, but, like, how do I, how do you bridge that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's been a huge part of my growth. Mm-hmm. You know, like living in this masculine energy, which is like, go, 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 and research and science and da, 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 and I know all the things. And yeah. then this other very feminine part of me that's like, oh, go with the flow. Yeah. It's all so beautiful and spiritual. And like, yes. those are both needed. Yeah. Well, I feel like entrepreneurship is a lot of <laughs> combining both of those. I mean, it's combining a lot of things, but... Uh-huh. Um, 
that kind of you have to there are lots of things you have to get done and have to put out there and you know like it's a business and make it successful and all of that but then the feeling side of it is like making it what you want it to be and making the space what you want it to be and all of that very cool I love it yeah so starting Nourished Energy in 2015 you know at that time I was doing energy work with people and I was mentoring them in intuitive eating I had my certification in intuitive eating at that time Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually really loved that work Mm -hmm. and what that work showed me was how excited I was to get my degree Mm -hmm. because I love being the person where the buck stops here yeah or being on a team where the buck stops here and Mm -hmm. I noticed with my preclinical work that it was very much like okay well ooh, you better talk to your therapist about that or yeah, you know, I can't really, or you know, maybe you need to see a chiropractor about that. Yeah, or, um, and so that's where I kind of felt a little limited. Sure. Yeah. And you know, not that I still wouldn't refer out now, but like I feel like I have a lot more in my box of how I help. And, yeah. Um, it does feel like you know we can go as deep as you want on the psychological and the emotional stuff because I have the space for that yeah. and the training for that and yeah. that's that bridge of like. I have both sides now, yeah. and it feels like I'm in my spot. I'm in yeah. my sweet spot, and I'm I'm really really happy. Um, and as far as my wait list, like yeah, I'm pretty full now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to be adding some slots in the new year. Mm-hmm. So you know, I always say reach out, and if I'm if I'm full, I will help you find somebody. Yeah, that's part of what I like about having my own um, small business. Like yeah. you know. And I don't do a ton of marketing or advertising at this point. So yeah. I feel like the people that find me are, like, they're meant to find me. Yeah. And it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's still, it's, it, like I said, there's that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, well, why would I go see Jen when, oh, I can do this online coaching program and it's so much cheaper. Yeah. Or I can do this one other diet and it's so much cheaper. And it's like... Once they realize, okay, there's actually deeper work to do. Yep. And that comes from inside. Yeah. You know. And they're ready. And they're ready. I was in a place where if I had saw the work I was offering, Mm -hmm. I'd have been like, Yeah. She doesn't, (laughs) or that is not for me, or no way, or you know what I mean? So, um, that's why I love that there's levels of care and there's levels of offers. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's been a big part of my journey into this too, like. It doesn't seem like we're all on the same team mm-hmm. sometimes, but mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. all on the same team, which is evolving consciousness and a connection. That's why I like your podcast. You know, mm-hmm. like what your mission here is like, how do we listen to each other? How mm-hmm. do we connect? Even when we're different. Yeah. Even when we don't agree. Yeah. And I think a lot of... Um, people that have come on the podcast are kind of whatever their kind of niche in life is mm-hmm. or their story or whatever. Um, it seems like not necessarily. So I don't know if this is all going to make sense. I'm just kind of talking as the, Love as it. the idea is coming <laughs> to me, but I was just having this conversation with um, kind of an online conversation about, is it always helpful or useful to find middle ground? Oh, and I love it. Yes, so this has been a, right. So this has been a, a hot topic. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I what I think I'm landing on is that it's not always helpful and useful to find middle ground, of course. But there is beauty in finding, seeing the meaning or seeing the purpose or seeing the drive in someone else, even while they're over in their own 
camp or their own experience or their mm-hmm. own whatever, we can still yes. find connection, even if we're not going to like meet in some kind of muddied down, watered down middle. Like we don't have to like agreement is not connection, I no, guess is what. It's, yeah. It, you know, and the word that came to me was like common humanity. Yes. And compassion. Yeah. You know, so, okay, I don't have to agree with you. And actually, sometimes it's best not to even have the conversation. Yeah. You know, and that's knowing the boundaries Mm -hmm. of where people are at. Like, you know, there's people in my life who I respect and love, and, you know, maybe they're going on some restrictive living style. Yeah. Like, you know, what's the rage right now? Keto. Yeah. Maybe they're all into that. Um, And they're in that space. They need to be in that space. They know the work I do. Um, and so we're just not going to have that conversation. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, if they want to be curious about what I do, I'm going to share it. But like, yeah, if they want to talk to me about keto, I'm doing air quotes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to have that conversation with you. Yeah. Um, I've been down the roads and it's not helpful for me. And um, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. But I'm going to do it with compassion. Yeah. You know? So that kind of leads into a good topic, I think, of um, of the nuts and bolts of what you do. So yeah. um, I just, I can't wait to hear all about this because some of your posts have, um, I think, triggered is the wrong word and I think it's used too much. But it challenged. Has, has challenged, yes. Yeah. Because you talk about, but I was just telling one of my best friends um, this morning, I was like, I think she talks about body trust and I don't know that I should trust my body all the time. (laughs) And so tell me about, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, my body wants all sorts of things. I'm not sure I I should be wanting. And that's all crazy ingrained, like, ideas. And I know that. And I see your posts and I'm like, yes, but. Scary. Yes. So talk about, I mean, it's a lot to (laughs) delve into in like a two, you know, 20-minute podcast. But. Talk about that kind of yeah. philosophy, yeah. body trust, intuitive eating, yeah. like what that yes. means, if you can possibly Absolutely. like boil it down. Um, and I just have to give a shout out to my teachers, mentors, colleagues, um, especially, well, Ellen Tripley and Eileen Reich, who wrote the intuitive eating book, mm-hmm. which was like the beginning and the foundation. And then um, I got certified in body trust with Hillary Canavy and Dana Sturtevant out in they're in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, Hillary's a therapist. Mm-hmm. Dana's a dietitian. Okay. Registered dietitian. And they have done so much pioneering work into this these, this way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, which is what they have trademarked, and it's called Body Trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and it's been cool because I've been following the work. I did my training with them. It's been an uh, evolution of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they have adjusted as they've went along mm-hmm. so to me body trust is a living and breathing thing mm-hmm. and it's about at the core for me um it's about liberation mm-hmm. oh i love that yeah yeah say more about that yeah does it it gives you a feeling yeah for sure a word we don't use a lot yes um how do you get more free mm-hmm. and when you think about things you're going to do in your life and things you want to do in your life, you're like, is that is that moving me towards liberating myself? Mm-hmm. You know. And mm-hmm. so when someone says to me, I think I'm going to do this X Y Z with my diet and exercise, mm-hmm. um, 
that's always a big question. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I am not against people exploring self care. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where it gets muddy because yeah. people get real confused. They're like, "Well, you're against you know taking care of yourself with food." No, <laughs> of course I'm not. Right. Um, but it it's been so enmeshed with diet culture mm-hmm. that we got to tease it out, mm-hmm. and that's and it's nuanced. You know, it's individual. Yeah. You know, um, and it's also complicated. Yeah. And, and you know, I was raised in diet culture. We all were. Yeah. And another thing, you know, that, that I, they talked about quite a bit in my body trust training was, like, consent. Yeah. Did you consent to this? Right. Did you consent? I mean, I did it. Yeah. I remember looking in a mirror being 11, putting on a bathing suit, mm-hmm. and looking in the mirror, and some thought came into my head that my stomach wasn't okay. Yeah. And I didn't... Yeah, who told you, me that? You didn't put that thought there when you are 11. No. Yeah. And then, you know, my first diet when I was, oh like, 14 or 13, you know, when I started restricting food, yeah. it was yeah. like, where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Yeah. There's no questions. Yeah. Um, and we know from the research, like, most people begin their first diet around the time that they start their period. Mm-hmm. Women. You know? Ugh. Young girls. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It really is. It's like that's the ritual we have instead of the ritual of you can trust your body's beautiful. Yeah. Look at what, you know, it's growing and changing and it's all okay. Yeah. Because there's weight gain at that time. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't know if I answered your question, but. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it brings in, you know, when I, so I have recovered from, I'll say binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um but when I look back at it all, it was all just real complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the term orthorexia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is not yet in, like, clinical diagnosis, but it's a word that we all use in, in the world of healing around food and body. And it's, you know, this obsession with clean eating that becomes, you know, an obsession. Yeah. And it just takes over people's lives. And there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, worthiness gets wrapped into it. Superiority mm-hmm. gets wrapped yeah. into it. And it's Anxiety, really scary. All of yeah, that. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. You know? And um, and you see, you know, how that feeds into the binge eating because if you're denying yourself the things you want, mm-hmm. and then you're ultimately not eating enough, mm-hmm. and maybe you're limiting a certain macronutrient, your body's super smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wants the things. Mm-hmm. And so I always say, you know... Oh, so many of those behaviors that we let label pathological mm-hmm. are actually the wisdom of our bodies and our hearts yeah. trying to get us to balance, but they look, because maybe we're going so far one way, the balance, it just looks like a bad idea. Yeah. But I think back on some of my, you know, most intense binges and it was like, it was just my body trying to right itself. Yeah. You know, like, um, and then... I can just feel so much gratitude, like, yeah. and I'm just so grateful. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was muddy and scary and confusing. Mm-hmm. And how do people heal? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's the same for every person. Yeah. But I do know there's one thing that is is a thread that connects it all, mm-hmm. and it is connection. Mm-hmm. Because when you start going into those places, you're disconnected. You're disconnected from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're disconnected to things bigger than you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a spiritual figure, but even the planet Earth, yep, yeah, it's bigger than you. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, there's more than just you. Yeah. Um, but when people get into those places, it feels very small and very scary mm-hmm. and very isolated, mm-hmm. right? And so when you just even connect to another person, yeah, it doesn't even have to be, you know, anything. Then you go to an office and you sit there and someone looks at you and cares about you and mm-hmm. is in your story with you. Yeah. Um, that can have immense healing, mm-hmm. being witnessed, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And I don't think we give that enough credit either. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I mentioned to you, I went to an eating disorder conference last weekend, a a big one that happens every year through the Renfrew Center. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm there and I'm just like, there were some things I went to that were like, you know, all these protocols for working with eating disorders. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, there's a time and a place for some of these things. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, sometimes we miss the humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where people get lost. Yeah. And I see people who they're like, well, I went and I got treatment and I, I'm not doing the behaviors mm-hmm. because I know I really learned not to, but inside, yeah. I still have lots of thoughts that my body's not okay. I'm gross. I, my, I need to be smaller. I need to be stronger. I need to eat better. Yeah. I, this, that, and the other, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Because I know I can't. Yeah. I figured out the 10 steps to stop my behavior, but right, the right. Yeah, But the like rest my heart and my soul and yeah. my body are not integrated and I'm still hurting a lot. And yeah. those are the people that, too, that tend to find me um, and, and we do the deeper work. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just so honored with that. And it is a lot of connecting and, um, you know, and I mentioned to you I do EMDR. Yeah. So that's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, mm-hmm. which is a form of psychotherapy that um, really does work. I mean, it works with shock trauma and can really help people like their, your brain integrate. Um, but also, I work a lot with like beliefs. Mm-hmm. So especially around food and body things, like okay, if we do get into EMDR, it's like oh, people start to have the memories come up. They remember yeah. the first time someone told them their body wasn't okay. Yeah. They remember the first time they they sat in the kitchen in the dark with no one around and ate the whole package of cookies. Yeah. They remember that time they put on the bikini and went to the beach and their mom said, no, you can't go out in that. I mean, yeah. I mean just, yeah, just heartbreaking. But what the power is, once we are there in that safe container that we create together, and it's like, okay, we can start to take apart these stories yeah and the things you believe about yourself that you've believed your whole life and you've carried with you mm-hmm. suddenly you can start to see they're not true yeah and then it's like with EMDR you know we work with we call them NC's negative cognitions which might be you know I'm not good enough mm-hmm. I mean that's a huge one right yeah. people we carry this because we're told this because we live in a capitalistic society that yes. makes tons of money off us believing that they mm-hmm. need we it, they need us to believe that, so we buy all this crap we don't need, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a huge one we work with. Yeah. Um, I've, I haven't met very many people that don't carry that somewhere inside. Yeah. You know, and we carry everything in our bodies. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like we start to work with that negative cognition, and then what's what's your positive cognition? And not everyone's would be the same, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it was, it, you know, a very simple one to replace it with would be like, I am enough. Mm-hmm. I'm enough. Mm-hmm. And when we work with that at the deepest level, People like you feel it settling to your bones. Yeah, it is like there's nothing. Yeah, I mean it's got to be such a relief to stop 
the struggle because I think people it's like anything else that's so deeply ingrained you know unman dismantling privilege or oh unworthiness gosh, yes. or whatever it is yes. that's so deep in our fiber that dismantling it we've been struggling or pushing against something for so long that you yes. don't realize you're pushing yes. against it um, but I think of you, and I'm sure you don't see all people in larger sized bodies, but people that do walk around in larger sized bodies that have been so disconnected from their physical self and have never felt seen, like physically seen, because I feel oh, like true. the larger you get, the less you want to and are often seen. Um, just what a powerful experience that has to be, like how rewarding that has to be as a therapist mm -hmm. to see someone go through that process. Like, or, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you can speak to that, but it's I just, can speak to that. Um, I can imagine what that must be like. And yeah, and I'm going to add. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah, and that's the where you know that you mentioned privilege. You know, it's not fair mm -hmm. that people in larger bodies, in particular. Um, it shouldn't have to be harder for them. Yeah. But it is because of weight stigma. Mm hmm You know, um, I talk a lot about a word that, words that people don't know, but like fat phobia. Mm hmm Like, that is a real thing. Mm hmm Um, we're taught it. Mm hmm Similar to we're, you know, we're taught a lot of isms. Mm hmm And, you know, fat phobia is, is just like this fear of like, I can't be fat. Mm hmm you know, then you add in, like, all of these... Talk about unconscious belief systems. People have them about people in bigger bodies. Yeah. Um, and they're real. Yeah. And it's very painful. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I'm work, you know, if I'm working with somebody in, in a bigger body or at the higher end of the weight spectrum, like, we talk about, you know, people look at me and think they know things about me. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. You know, I was just sitting with somebody yesterday. I went out to lunch with a um, person who works at a residential treatment center out of state. Mm -hmm. So people come, they take me out to lunch. It's, so mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's I, not terrible. <laughs> but I get to have these conversations, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you know, she herself was just talking about, like, you know, she went to the doctor and every time they're like, wait, all your biomarkers and health markers are fantastic. Mm -hmm. she, you know, oh. Oh, but you're in a larger body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because guess what? Thinness doesn't equal health. Yeah. Health doesn't equal thinness. Mm -hmm. And once you start to break that that connection, um, you start to see, okay, but it's challenging. Yeah. And we have a medical sort of model and a medical, you know, it's, we call it the weight normative. The way things are in, like, the general paradigm is weight normative, which yeah. is calories in calories out you, you know you lose weight your health markers are going to get better and that's mm -hmm. what we need to focus on mm -hmm. you know i work from a weight inclusive mm -hmm. paradigm which is rooted in health at every size mm -hmm. which is heavily researched um includes addressing weight stigma includes addressing the, what we actually know there are no diseases that only people in larger bodies get mm -hmm. However, conveniently, they decided to make an air... I'm putting the word obesity in air quotes. Uh -huh. They decided to make obesity a disease not so long ago. Yeah. Because they needed to fix that problem. Mm -hmm. um, because they want the money. Mm -hmm. You know, they want something to be able to diagnose so that you can get reimbursed by insurance companies. And then lo and behold, oh, we can start prescribing 
surgeries and all these things. Yeah. There's some weird things out there. These little balloons that you can get put into your stomach that blow up to keep you malnourished. Like, whoa. Yeah, yeah that is a whole rabbit hole. It's very mm-hmm. scary, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I believe in informed consent. Mm-hmm. Which is, yes, there is a paradigm out there, and it is, it's weight normative, and you can go to your doctor, and you can do surgeries, and you can do shakes, and you can do these things, and you can do all of those things. And how's that working out for you? Mm-hmm. But it's a choice, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of people who will support that choice and believe in that choice, and, um, you know, they have their own biased research to support that. Um, but if you, but, so from my perspective, I know I talked about how much I love research and science, mm-hmm. like... I've read a lot, mm-hmm. and I can't ethically live in that paradigm anymore. Mm-hmm. It's unethical. Mm-hmm. Um, we know from the research that the pursuit of weight loss actually is the cause of most weight gain, mm-hmm. which is so paradoxical and difficult yep. to stomach when we start to, to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we know that. Um, and so, yeah, I just can't. So when I found yeah. a weight-inclusive paradigm and like, oh my gosh, all the research that supports it. Yeah. And many people in the eating disorder community, not all of them. I mean, there's actually quite a bit of friction in that community. Yeah. Um, the more I get into it, the more I'm like, oh, wow. Um, but, you know, many wonderful dietitians and therapists across this country um, work from the health every size paradigm mm-hmm. because it is inclusive. Mm-hmm. And people heal there. Yeah. And that might mean they stay in a larger body yeah and that's a hard thing you know it takes resilience mm-hmm. because the world hasn't caught up yet yeah um but the question is who how do you want to live yeah what world do you want to live in mm-hmm. do you you get to decide that you get to live in your own body mm-hmm. and you get to be comfortable there 100 mm-hmm. percent permission for that mm-hmm. um and you get to give that to yourself yeah like, and I think yeah. if there are people listening, thinking, like like you said before, it's individual. Absolutely. You have the choice to seek someone that has a health at every size perspective. Yeah. I mean, uh, any kind of health at every size just seems to, it makes kind of a lot of sense. Like, it sure <laughs> does. And here's where, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it gets real sticky. And, and yeah. um, people get real upset around it. Yeah. And I, and I want to say, it's not health at every size. Okay, so we know there are bodies that aren't happy, mm-hmm. that don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially at the lower end of the weight spectrum. Like, it gets real scary there. Yeah. We know anorexia is the number one, you know, cause of death from psychiatric illness. Like, okay, we know bodies aren't all just like, we're at any size and, you know, we're happy. No. Yeah. But it's boiling it down to, like, and this is what gets missed, is like, Let's set down that part. Let's look at how are you? What are you doing? Yeah. How do you want to live? How can you live? Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody can go out and buy $500 worth of supplements every week and organic foods and blah, 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 blah. And you don't have to, to be okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, that can get very scary, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, how do you want to live? What feels good? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that's too where, like... 
Let's get out of the edges. Yeah. And living in a gray zone. Mm-hmm. I think there's a book. I don't even know. I, I, there may be a book. I think there is called like Kale and Chocolate. I don't even know if it's a good book, but like I like the title. Yeah. Like, Kale and Chocolate. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, okay. It's okay. You know, yeah. like, um, have whatever. Have your salad. Have your smoothie. Have a hamburger and fries sometimes too because yeah. it all is okay. Yeah. Um, and that relaxation that happens. When you start to give yourself permission, mm-hmm. is golden. Yeah. Um, because what I've seen is the stress. I mean, I don't know. You know this, right? Yeah. Like, I think we're all starting to realize, like, stress is the biggest issue. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, if something's causing you a lot of stress, um, then that's, it's not really helpful. Like, yeah, that's if you got to get to your back. spin class seven days a week and then, you know, right. not ever eat a cookie and da 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 da, you know, the amount of cortisol and adrenaline running through your system, yeah. that's not healthy either. Yeah. Or if you're experiencing shame around oh. not making it to the yes, spin class or whatever. True. Yeah. It's that all too. the. The other side too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and like what we're seeing now in the research that's emerging, like it's just horrifying and phenomenal the amount of health markers that are affected when you're um, discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the things we see, the high blood pressure, diabetes, and all these things that we blame mm-hmm. on people mm-hmm. and on, you know, their body size yeah. or even their health behaviors. Like, it yeah. gets or real food interesting. Yeah, it gets real interesting. And it's like, oh, the social environment that we're all living in yeah um actually has a huge effect on health it's called social determinants of health Mm -hmm. and you there's a pie chart out there it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. and like health behaviors and genetics are are like maybe 25 percent of the pie Mm -hmm. and that's mind-blowing when you think about it yeah you know when you think about it like that it's like we all need to be looking elsewhere looking yeah. at the big picture looking at our air quality looking at food food quality but across the board food quality. i'm not talking about inner end just like overall what our corporations doing even you know right. it's like um yeah. the bigger picture yeah well and that gets a lot into what we had just touched on before we started recording um that's kind of lighting you up these days is the aspect of this that is very social justice oriented um, because there is an immense amount of privilege in saying I'm gonna get a gym membership and I'm gonna join the XYZ program and I'm gonna be I'm gonna buy all organic food and whatever. And as a person that you know, I I fully acknowledge my privilege in this Me as too. well, um, because we do some of those things. And some of those things are really important to me, but we also have the option to do those things. Mm -hmm. There's, like, I feel like 20 grocery stores that have a million lovely options within about a walk from here. I mean, I live in just, like, the stupidest, most privileged (laughs) place. Not to mention the amount of Starbucks that are around here. It's just becoming a little bit ridiculous. It really is. Um, But that's a whole other thing. But I like that you acknowledge that it does have such a social justice um, component to it because, yeah, there's a whole lot more stress being carried around by people that don't carry that amount of privilege. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what is causing all of these um, chronic health conditions. I mean, hello. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And I'll just throw in there um, what we know about, I don't know if you've heard of the ACEs study. I don't think okay, so. Okay, well, adverse childhood events. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. yes. A ginormous yes. study was done. Yes. Um, and there's an awesome TED Talk on it, actually, mm-hmm. which you could just Google, like, 
the first childhood events TED talk because it's huge. It's went viral. Yeah, um, and, and I'll link to it. She talks about just all the things that we blame on things, individuals' fault. Mm-hmm. Again, quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, we can link back to first childhood events. Yeah, like the stress of, you know. Was there abuse in the home? Was there mental illness in the home? Was there divorce? Mm-hmm. Um, like these affect people over the lifespan. And the truth of it is, um, most people have some. Yeah. yeah. I don't know many people who grew up in perfect families mm-hmm. because we're all human, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very into, interested in what's called developmental trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, we see, you know, so much of the symptoms we see and they're called depression and anxiety. They just, they just root back to like things that didn't get accomplished on a developmental level. Yeah. You know, basic things about autonomy, agency, personal agency, trust, mm-hmm. being able to be in relationship and out of relationship, but feel okay and mm-hmm. safety and just these real sort of basic things that people don't have mm-hmm. yeah um and that's where i think we should all be in therapy yes <laughs> right so my next question is how does everybody get therapy how is it not expensive yeah i'm not there yet you know mm-hmm. um but how can it be more accessible and, yeah you know and i sit with that a lot you know yeah. i'm a white woman with a lot of privilege you know i live in a smaller body i have money and you know i have my private practice and i'm actually private pay Mm -hmm. um i don't take insurance you Mm -hmm. know so who can see me yeah that starts to feel you know i'm just owning that that's just where i am right now yeah well on the flip side of that is knowing your time and your worth and i mean there's a whole level of accepting insurance that's a whole other bear that is a a thing um and charging what your expertise is worth which i think as women is a struggle sometimes totally um so yeah that's a it's a balance um you know so that's why i'm working on like how can i do things how can i do things and give back yeah because i do have a lot that i want to give and yeah um balancing that you Mm -hmm. know and so i mentioned to you that on my website i i spent a ton of time creating um a holistic Oh, what is it called? Okay. Um, holistic nourishment assessment. Uh-huh. So it's some checklists. Cool. So this is real, you know, hands-on, you know, so you can download this on the homepage of my website, nourishedenergy.com. Um, and so you can download, it's a, an assessment where, and it's short, it's I think eight pages, but mm-hmm. you're going to do some checklists mm-hmm. and they're going to be about different parts of your life relational social physical sexual spiritual mm-hmm. emotional psychological mm-hmm. and you're just gonna look and that's why it's called holistic because mm-hmm. you're gonna look at the whole thing and like where where can i kind of amp up my self-care mm-hmm. um and then i have a page where you can you know pick things off of the assessment and like these are the things i'm gonna focus on mm-hmm. and this is a living document that you could keep you can download and save it for yourself and you can print it every mm-hmm. season and you can it. fill it out and just be like, and it doesn't have to be like a high stress thing. You yeah. know, it can just be like, I I think one of the things on there, I don't know why I love this one so much, but I, I put it on there and it was like for social, like have a group of friends, you go out once a month and you meet for brunch Yeah. or you meet for a walk mm-hmm. or you meet at someone's house to play a board game. Mm-hmm. I mean, something, yeah. it, but it becomes consistent yes. and those kind of anchoring activities with community mm-hmm. with people that you can just relax with mm-hmm. 
it's medicine. Yeah, for sure. And we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And people get out of balance, you know. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, I have friends that are super extroverts. Yeah. And, like, that's easy for them. The thing for them, their, their thing that they might work on maybe like, taking quiet time with myself. Yeah. To maybe reflect with a journal or a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Because that feels where my edge is. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it really is a personalized self-care plan that yeah. you can download at my website. So. I love it. And That's you probably, I'm guessing, could print it off if you're, oh, every episode, there's a little <laughs> bit of Charlie in it. Oh, he's your Charles. co-host. He's, he's my co-host. co-host. He's my co-host, yes. <laughs> and our neighbors are moving out today, oh, and I think he's like, exciting. there are people outside yeah. moving things. <laughs> We're probably under siege. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... The tool, that the free online tool that you just mm-hmm. talked about, um, I am guessing people could also print it off. And if they do seek therapy, they could take it oh, with them yes. to you or whoever Talk their therapist it. is and say, yes. I did this cool thing and it pointed me in this direction. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's I could see it used in lots of different Absolutely. ways. Very cool. And ways like, I mean, I'm very strength-based. Yeah. You know, I'm always like, yes, we're going to talk about what's hard, but I'm going to let you get away with that. Talking about what's good. Yeah, what you got going there's for always you. something. Yes. I mean, even if it's just as basic as, well, if you can hear me talking, something is working mm-hmm. for you right now. Right. You know, yes. like you got here, you're here with me. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. it's just down to basics. And I was telling mm-hmm. you, I hurt my back a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that was actually ended up being great for me. Yeah. Because it helped me realize, okay. I need to slow down, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and though my body was hurting, I still deeply appreciated my body mm-hmm. because it's telling me things. Yeah, it's um, able to give you signals to say slow down, slow down. As long as you're alive, I am yeah. sorry. There is more wrong, right than wrong. Yeah, I always, you know, I just think we have a very negative biased culture, but we also have a yeah. negative biased brain. Yeah, I mean that's how kind of we're wired, so we have to work to shift that. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that mindset work that people do, and um, it's like, yeah, yeah, I love it. So, well, let's talk about the few questions that I always ask everybody. Yay. Okay. So I don't know what order I asked you in them, so we might be skipping around, but no um, problem. So if people, we've talked a little bit about this, but if people are wanting, like they're sitting at home and going, you know what, I want that every month connection, or I want. To create some more genuine connection mm-hmm. in my life. I can imagine, and I know because people have told me, like, I just don't even know what to do, like, how to do that. So how do people create more genuine connection in their world if they are desiring that? Ooh, yeah. Um, so I kind of have a laundry list. Mm-hmm, that's right. I love <laughs> a it. A little bit of one. Okay. So um, take risks. Yes. Um Befriend failure. Yes. That's a huge oh, one. I actually have a yeah. blog. Not to plug my website more, but I'm totally gonna because it's a good yeah. blog. I wrote a blog. It's mm-hmm. you know the five secret benefits of failure. Yeah. Like um there's good stuff when you learn to not go into self criticism mode when things don't work out mm-hmm. and you can explore. And um it gets you taking risks with people, yeah. too. You know, like, I don't know. Sometimes you meet people. Like, I mean, people sometimes, and I think we're going to be like, eh, it's going to go, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything about either of us. Yeah. It just means, okay. Yep. It is what it, it is. It's a fit. Yeah. Um, learn to loosen the reins. 
Yeah. Um, and that's different than taking risks. I think it's um, mm-hmm. just like you feel yourself holding tight. Mm-hmm. And it isn't like you have to let go completely. It's just loosen the grip. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and try new things, you know. Um, yes. Back in my days when um, I was really rigid mm-hmm. with my food and diet and <gasps> exercise, um, you know, people would invite me places and I wouldn't go. Yes. Yeah. Because, ooh, the food's scary. Or, ooh, mm-hmm. I would rather work out. Like, really? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't about self-care. Yeah. You know? Um, asking tough questions. That's what I like about what you're doing here. Yeah. Like, everything you've asked me today hasn't been, like, easy. Uh-huh. You answer, but, like, yeah. it challenged me. And, like, that's, mm-hmm. I think, like, I feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. I know. Yes. So it's wonderful. And then, okay, here's the number one. To create more genuine connection, get comfortable with disappointment. Interesting. Um, so you have relationships in your life, and I think we all do. And as you, you get more close with people, mm-hmm. I think the closer you get, the greater the risk of they're going to disappoint you. Yeah, for and sure. And so that's where the comfort comes. Like, I've had it now that I've realized this. Um I think all my relationships are more genuine and deeper. Mm-hmm. Because when someone upsets me or disappoints me, I'm able to like hold it with more space. Yeah. And remember, like, oh, they're human too. Yeah. And what about the 99.9% of the time they don't disappoint you? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like opened my heart more. Yeah. Um, and it's helped me like to ask for more of my like needs and wants with mm-hmm. people. Like, because before there were, like, things that would, like, feel scary. Like, well, what if they say, no, that's going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. Or I might feel disappointed. And I don't like to feel that. Yeah. So that's why I said I've gotten much more comfortable with, like, I'm going to ask for things. Yeah. And the answer may be no, and I might feel disappointed, but I've learned I can live through it. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> and yes. I'm so much more connected to people. And even, yeah. to like, letting myself be more authentic and vulnerable. Be myself. Yeah. Um... And, like, yeah, some people aren't going to like me. Yeah. You know? Sometimes mm-hmm. I see new people I'm working with. You know, mm-hmm. they might come for a couple sessions and they don't come back. Yeah. Like, good, yeah. actually. Yay. Right. Because I'm not going to be for everybody. Yeah. And everybody's not for everybody. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. But, like, we can foster the, the connections that are genuine. Yeah. And put our energy there. So, yeah. No, yeah. I like that. I, um, I remember thinking when I was, like, in my 20s-ish, and now being in my 40s, and I remember holding very tightly to every relationship, not romantic relationships, but every friendship and thinking, well, this surely has to last forever or else it was, you know, all for naught. And the, yeah. <laughs> the kind of angst of the of mm-hmm. my 20s. And now being in my 40s, I've said this to a couple people, that like the beauty of 40s is you're just like, that was for a season. That friendship or that person or that connection came in for a lesson or a season or a whatever. And that if it ebbs and it flows, that's totally fine. And like something else will come along or not or whatever. And just being like, I survived it. I've survived people leaving and coming and being closer and losing touch. And you still survive it all. Like, and not being afraid to enter into relationship 
thinking, oh, God, what if this ends? Yes. You know, thinking too far down the line. Yeah, Yeah. I think that is a a gift of living through a couple of decades. Yes. Um, 40s are fantastic. I just want to give a shout out. If if you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, (laughs) keep going. Keep walking. (laughs) It's so good. It is. Um, It's really good. Yeah. 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 I just... Yeah, you get what's important. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's good. Um, So next question. If um, someone saw a list of your roles and titles and certifications in your case, um, and that's all they saw, or perhaps they saw you across the room and they can only see your physical habitus, Mm -hmm. um, what are they missing? What's in the in-between? Yeah. Um, So... I think that my resilience could be missed. Yeah. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because, you know, I do inhabit a body that looks like maybe I haven't had a tough time. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you might not know that by looking at me. Yeah. You know, I've had lots of people judge me about things and I'm going to be like, you have no idea. Yeah. You know? Um... So I'm pretty, I'm, 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 I'm resilient and you might not know yeah. if you don't talk to me, if you don't know my story. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> with Nourished Energy and founding it and becoming a therapist, you know, it is my second career. Mm-hmm. And that took a lot of courage. Yeah. Oh, and, I can imagine. Um, uncertainty to leap out of a very safe mm-hmm. um, profession. Um, and so every training and certification um, that I have is a symbol uh, to me of my dedication to lifelong learning yeah. and my passion to my work. Yeah. Um, they're not in service of fear or my ego. Yeah. Like right now I'm, I'm already looking at another training uh-huh. um, to become certified in another um, sort of way of working mm-hmm. and I've checked in a lot with myself like why mm-hmm. because I just I'm excited about it and I, it's very right. focused on developmental trauma yeah which is just becoming something that's becoming just like oh this is the thing mm-hmm. right because I have the EMDR to work with um, the shock trauma which is fabulous for her, but and you can do some attachment type work with EMDR too which is it's going great and I love mm-hmm. it but I just want to keep going deeper and deeper yeah um, and so yeah I think sometimes I know when I first started Switching, and I knew that this is what I want to do. I would go to people's websites, and yes, I would look at their list. Yeah, of all the things they've done. And I had done nothing at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course I'd done things, but you know what yeah. I mean. Sort of in service of this career path, I hadn't really done anything. Yeah, other than having a bachelor's degree in behavioral science. Mm-hmm. But I would look, and I would feel shame. Yeah, and I would feel lack. Yeah, and I would feel bad, mm-hmm. and I would feel like I'm never going to get there. Yeah. And now I feel like somebody could go to my website and perhaps feel some of that. Like, yeah. Just because it's a human thing. It's real. Yep. Um, I just want to s- just be like, oh, my gosh. You're enough. Yeah. You know, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, you're enough. Yeah. And I could say, all these things are just because you want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a sign that you love what you <laughs> do. True. And you just want to do more of that. Well, and also yeah. being trauma-informed, um, you know, to me, being transparent um, creates a safe container or safer container. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want to know. Yeah. You know, For and sure. they want to know, can you 
can you help me? And how are you? I mean, it's a very normal yeah. people who have went through trauma. Like they trust becomes a big, big thing. Yeah. And so I just want to show them how dedicated I am. Yeah. Yeah. Helping. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love your website, by the way. Thank you. I think it's, it's a work in progress. I can't. <laughs> Websites are hard. Are fun? <laughs> I know. There's always just like one thing that I can't get rid of. I don't know how it got there. I know. And it, oh, yes, the struggle. And I'll but. tell you, when I got my first website in 2015, my person that helped me with it then, she said, oh, in a year, you're, and we worked hard on it. She said, in a year, you're going to want to completely redo this. I said, no. no. She was Never. right, though. Right. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. always a changing. Yes. Unfortunate. Yes. Thing. Necessary yeah. evil. Yeah. Um. So as a therapist, a counselor, I I think as someone that's kind of in that space as well in my other work, um, there's not always spaces where we feel seen and heard in any kind of genuine way. I hope we create that for ourselves. But um, do you have types of spaces or types of people where you feel like you are seen for exactly who you are? Yes. I am... I feel incredibly lucky for the like friend groups that I have. Yeah. I have a couple groups of women that like I could get emotional. Um, you know, they're my people. Yeah. And we have certain rituals, things that we do together. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a group of friends that we go out to brunch. Mm-hmm. That's a thing we do. I have a group of friends that we meet, you know, once or twice a month on an evening and just hang. Yeah. And just vent mm-hmm. and de stress. Um, and I, you know, as I've become a therapist and, you know, I was mentioning to you, I'm, I consider myself a relational feminist, Mm -hmm. um, therapist, you know, when I meet other therapists with the same lens, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, where you're my people, you know, um, and then I'm in the, with my body trust certification, I, I went through that eight, 10 months training with. A group of people mm-hmm. that and we were actually the first cohort oh, of cool. that training, so it was just super special. Mm-hmm. And these are people that this work can be harrowing at mm-hmm. times, <laughs> especially if you have a um, someone in your face who's very much in the weight normative and they want to uh, debate you. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to debate people's humanity, and I'm not going to debate people's right to live in their bodies. So. Yeah. I'm not really up for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there are some people who I look up to because they that's, like, what they do in this work. Yeah. Like, they are out there on the front lines talking about health at every size research and going up against a very big system. Yeah. Um, but so when I get with my body, trust cohort. I'm in cohort one. We call it just cohort one. Uh-huh. But, like, we have a Facebook group. We, mm-hmm. You know, we support each other. Like, just yesterday I got, speaking of the word triggered, I was in a... I won't say argument, but sort of in a discussion, and mm-hmm. someone got kind of personal mean and didn't really read what I wrote. Yeah. And I was like, <gasps> Yeah. I went into a little bit of a shame spiral, and I went back to my body trust court, yeah. and I just said this, and they were all just like, it's not you. Right. It You're going to be okay. You. Yes. And just to be accepted, and I, you know Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her work, and... Yeah. Um, you know, she talks about shame and like shame can't survive in secrecy. Mm-hmm. So find your community, mm-hmm. find a therapist if there is no one else. Yeah. Find somebody that 
will accept you even in your work. I, I don't. There's nothing. There, she is so right. I mean, the research supports it too. Like shame can't survive vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Shame can't survive empathy. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in some of the most terrible shame spirals. Once I learned what shame was and like what the feeling was, mm-hmm. and then I let myself feel it, and then I let someone see me, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. none of the layers, just me, and I feel like a puddle of garbage. Mm-hmm. That's shame. Yeah, it's human. Mm-hmm. We all feel it. Um, and then you let someone else hold you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be physically held, but you know what I mean. Yeah, see, hold space. Yes, and you know it dissolves. Yeah, and you do that enough over yeah. and over, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, shame. Right, you got nothing on me. <laughs> you can come. I'll feel you for a few minutes. I got my people. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. cohort one. Do you have T-shirts that say cohort uh, one? We actually you should. Do. Okay, perfect. I'm so glad. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> I'm glad that you already went there. Yep. Hang on one second. It's actually the last question. Um, so, and this kind of, I think this kind of lends itself to finding your people, but I love to ask about favorite things. And I know a lot of podcasts yeah. do, but it just, it, I think it's so fun to hear what people, like, lights people up. But I think also if you find your, like, weird little thing that you love, that is an excellent way to find your people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. What's lighting you yeah. up right now? What are you loving? Um, well, it's still sort of work, but I just I have to say, you know, yeah. if you want to learn more about my body trust cohort yeah. and the cohorts that come after and, and what that training's all about, mm-hmm. um, it's a super cool training, actually, because you don't have to be a therapist or a dietitian to do that training. Mm-hmm. I did that training with um, some coaches, a personal trainer, somebody who just wanted to do the training uh-huh. other therapists and dietitians too but it's like a very multiple disciplinary yeah um, oh very cool it's a growth i mean i grew so much as a human being yeah <laughs> um but anyways you could check out be nourished.org very cool um, that is hillary and dana who i mentioned earlier that's their website okay um and there is so much good stuff on it and um that is my like home like that's when I found all of this, and I like I found my people when I found that website. Yeah, and it was like ah. oh, so and then fun. When they started their certification, it was like ah, yes. I'm yeah. gonna yes. go be with my people. I'm gonna learn with my people. Yes, um, and they actually have a a provider directory on their website, so you can see I'm there. But there's all kinds of body trust. You can see all yeah. the different ways that people do this work. Yeah, and there's because there is no one way. Mm-hmm. Um, liberating liberatory practices. Yeah. There's all kinds of ways to do it, not just in therapy. That's so interesting that I that it's a multidisciplinary yeah. um, training. I like that. Yes. yes. Yoga teachers take the training. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Um, Very cool. And so that is my segue into yoga. I love it. I didn't I used to love it. I used to hate it. I used to hate it because I didn't want to live in my body. Yeah. Um, but now that my body's my home. Yes. You know. And all its imperfection and all of its, you know, someday it's going to stop working. Uh-huh. And I fully accept that. Yeah. Um, but until then, I'm going to do what I can to make it a comfortable home for me. Yeah. And yoga's foundational. I love it. For me. Um, and I, so I live out in the Cascade area. Mm-hmm. So there is a new yoga studio that opened out there that has become, I just opened this summer. I mean, so this is just 
real fresh, but yeah. I was like, oh, this is my place to do yoga. Yeah. Oh, and very it feels cool. So good. It's called Lotus Joe's. Lotus Joe's. Yep. It's on 28th Street, close to the end of 28th Street. It's just a cozy little studio that tons of plants. Yeah. And um, unassuming. Yeah. They don't do, you know, it's just yoga. Yeah. Love it. It's not yoga. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hot. It's right. not, ex- you know, it's just yoga. Yeah. That's Some yoga. flows. Really cool instructors. Very cool. Um, so that it. is a favorite thing of mine. And then, um, I can't not say this person's name, and I don't know, maybe you've heard of her, um, Tara Brock. I don't think She's so. an author. She used to be a psychotherapist. She's a meditation teacher. Um, she's phenomenal. She's written two books. Um, the first one she wrote is called Radical Acceptance, uh-huh. which, you know, really speaks to all of this work. Yeah. And the other one's called True Refuge. Okay. And they're both wonderful. And she gives free talks every week. She has a website, too. It's just Google Tara Brock. Um, uh-huh. Full of free meditations. Okay, I still cool. go to it. Yeah. It's my go-to. You know, her voice. I can just hear her voice for five minutes, and my yeah. nervous system goes, Whoosh. Yeah. I can rest. She And um, she gives Dharma talks. She has a lot of foundation in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. But all of it's applicable to anybody. Yeah. Um, and her Dharma talks, like, when I get ungrounded, which we all do, and I just yeah. need to remember, like, what is, what am I doing and what's important? Yes. You know, I can listen to one of her talks and I'm just back. Like, I remember. Yeah. You know, what is important? Um, connection, love, you know, our common humanity. Mm-hmm. Calming down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Calming down. But also yes. doing the work. Yeah. She's a huge, you know, she's a social justice advocate for yeah. sure you know i love it like so how do we balance that we're out in the world we're doing this hard work we're having these hard conversations like yeah it's hard yeah and then we go back and we rest yeah and we take care of ourselves we take refuge yeah and we radically accept ourselves mm-hmm. and then we can go back out mm-hmm. and yeah. we need to decide the balance of that yeah <laughs> you know um so tara right. brock awesome and then i you know i gotta give a plug for epsom salt baths <laughs> I love it. Buy a bag. Yes. <laughs> especially it's cold now here in Michigan. Like, well, let's talk details. Yeah. I know I know people that do this, but yeah. I've never asked anyone real specifics. Yeah. Is there a particular amount of Epsom salt that you have to put in your tub? A lot. A lot. Like, <laughs> okay. A couple cups. Okay. Okay. Know? I'm not um, sure I would have done that. Okay. Yeah, but you know, and I don't. I'm not. I just buy it at Meyer. Yeah. Which is a local grocery store. You know, yeah. I don't even. I don't buy fancy. I just buy real basic. Yeah. Like, I dump it in there. Do you put anything else? Nope. I don't just do, salt. I don't, no oils, no nothing. Got it. I just do the salt. Love it. Um, and then uh, one more place. Yeah. Here that's local. Um, Cascade Peace Park. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a small park. It's out in Ada-ish area. You can Google the address. Yeah. Um, it's just a little park that's hilly and trees. And hike. It feels like a good little hike. Anything called a peace park sounds delightful. It is. And um, nature's a refuge for me. Yeah. Huge refuge for me. Yeah. So to go out and just walk. And I do it year-round. Yeah. um, And just be breathing in the world. I love it. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have to check that out for sure. I will link to every single thing. Did we hit all the favorite things for right now? (laughs) And your podcast. (laughs) And 
Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'm so excited that we made this happen. And I love your work to pieces. I think that, I mean, I say this to a lot of my guests, but I have people on that I freaking love. Um, Because just reading your posts and knowing one little skosh of what you do, I was like, you know what, I'm pretty sure she's my people. And she's doing wonderful work in this community. And I just freaking love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I feel so taken care of after that episode. You know how you meet someone who might be a therapist or a spiritual teacher or a doula and they have this aura of calm steady warmth about them. That is Jen. I could have talked to her for 1,000 hours. She takes such good care of the gift she has to work with people on issues specific to diet culture, body image, trauma, and so much more. I really don't know anyone who couldn't benefit from her wisdom. And remember, if Jen said something that made your ingrained beliefs about your body or ideal bodies or what wellness means kind of rise up if your first reaction was um, to discount something just pause i hope you'll pause and consider her wisdom for yourself and for people that you encounter out in the world so many of us walk around with our struggle on the inside Some of us walk around and others assume that we're struggling because our body might be on the higher end of the weight spectrum. Let's not stay in that space of assumptions and misunderstandings, but rather take the middle seat and lean in and listen. There's magic and wisdom right there. So I'll be back soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat.